This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. We started this week with Dwayne Peterson, and we wrap up the week with his son, Travis Peterson. They both like to fish, and they both know a ton about it, so it's a great way to bookend the first week of fall fishing. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. Day after afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go on when planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrandHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We are checking in today with Travis Peterson, uh, well... I guess we could say you're from Northland Fishing Tackle. You're proud of the post staff there. You pretty much grew up wandering the halls of uh, of uh, Northland Fishing Tackle, right? Exactly, yeah. You could say I bleed yellow, I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us once again today, Travis. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Well, let's talk a little bit about fishing. Uh, I know uh, what you like to fish for is bass, and, and, you know, as we were getting ready for this, you were just mentioning that's pretty much what it's been for you all year, uh, with maybe the lone exception of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic. Exactly, exactly, yeah. After the Knights of Columbus, um, my walleye fishing tailed off uh, pretty drastically, and uh, I'm just kind of getting... Getting back into tournament fishing for bass more than I more than I had for for quite a few years. I used to fish. Sorry about that. That's okay. I can start that. I can yep. start that over. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right, Kevin. Um, after the Knights of Columbus event, um, I really really targeted bass for the most part, and and part of that is because I'm fishing competitively around Minnesota and, and into Ontario, um, doing a little bit more of that than I did for a few years. I, I When I was younger, I'd fish probably a dozen bass tournaments a summer in, in Minnesota and and, uh, and on Rainy Lake and kind of got away from that a little bit and focused uh, a little bit more on just a couple bigger events. The KC's walleye event was one of those that devoted, you know, quite a bit of time to, to, to um 
pre-fish and then a couple of Canadian bass tournaments. But I've been dabbling a little bit more with some of the bass tournaments around Minnesota again, and, and part of that is just uh, partnering up with my son Jace and, and, and doing some of those tournaments. So, yeah, it's pretty much bass fishing. I did uh, fish, made a trip to North Dakota and fished Sakakawea Reservoir. Uh, my my in-laws live out there, and, and we go out there for a week in August and always um, try to get in some fishing over there. And, and with COVID, uh, we actually did not make that trip last summer, so it was good to get back out there again and and the bite was really good. It's usually good, but it was really good this summer. And uh, from the reports I heard, um, they had a really, really good walleye summer, um, and it's still going strong from from what I hear. And that's uh, it's a trip out there. But if if anybody's looking for a a unique trip and a pretty pretty good chance of some really good walleye fishing, um, Sakakawea Reservoir is you know it's a day's drive, but it's it's pretty uh, pretty fun. It's pretty easy fishing. Uh, we usually bottom, you know, use bottom bouncers and spinners and, and cover water till we find them. And, and when you find them, there's usually more. So, but otherwise, it was bass for me. Okay, well, and we're going to talk a lot about bass in a second. But I do find it interesting that, you know, I'm so used to North Dakotans coming to our neck of the woods for fishing and hunting and all that stuff. And there's a lot of Bemidji guys who head out to Sakakawea or on the South Dakota side down in Oahe. Uh, to fish out there it's very very different though isn't it it is it is very different um it's really uh, it's really cool it's the 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 scenery is awesome um you're fishing you know uh it's like you're in a different world out there um high high bluffs and you're you know you're seeing wildlife um it's not wooded so it's you know you can see there's a lot of cattle there's a lot of cattle grazing on the hills but they're coming down to the water you're seeing deer and every now and then you know there's i know some of the guys that were fishing the Bassmaster tournament here a few weeks ago uh out at oahe i mean they you know they actually saw buffalo from the boat you know while they were fishing and they hadn't seen some of those southern boys hadn't seen that before but but we do see uh license plates from different states when we're you know when we're out north dakota fishing and and my father-in-law who fishes there regularly he says he you know runs into people from out of state um at the boat ramps and and uh they they love going out there it's it's just really really good walleye fishing i mean is it different is it a different style of fishing than fishing for walleyes over here yeah it's it's um almost a hundred well i would say 90 percent of the fishermen out there once you get past the middle of june they're they're trolling with spinners, uh, bottom bouncer, spinner, and a night crawler. Um, some will use a, a spinner and a minnow, but but most of them are using night crawlers. Um, trolling, trolling forward um, along shorelines and break lines, and uh, there's no vegetation unless they get a year where the water rises. Um, you know, partway through the summer, and then you'll get um, some some brush actually in the water that you have to kind of work around but and maybe a little bit of grass but uh it's for the most part just a hard bottom gravel bottom and and there's uh points there's a lot of creek arms um sakakawea reservoir has more shoreline than the coast of california so you're just scratching the surface when you take a day and go fishing out there um but we really focus on you know creek arms and the entrances to creek arms and a creek arm might go back um, I mean, those are fishable bays that go back two miles, maybe from the main river, 
maybe further. And uh, a lot of times those fish spawn in those creek arms, but then as the summer progresses, they move out towards those um, towards the main body of water, the main reservoir, and the, the main river channel. But they'll spend most of summer, you know, in those creek arms, and but they'll work their way out. So a lot of times they're they're kind of congregated towards the mouths of those those bays, and you can get them. We call it the primary. The primary point is usually the the point on either side of the bay that separates it from the you know the main river, and we'll we'll fish the primary points, and then the the next point or two beyond that to back into the bay, and we call those the secondary points. But um, typically those are you know those are pretty much surefire spots to to fish. And the other ten percent of the guys are are a lot of them are uh, those that other ten percent are pulling crankbaits. And some of those guys are targeting suspended fish and deeper fish, and they're catching some of the bigger fish out a little deeper um, that might be chasing some of that um, high, you know, high energy forage uh, that's out there and, and putting on a little more weight. And um, along the shorelines, you're catching a lot of just perfect ear fish. We catch a lot of, uh, and we when I'm out there, we rarely fish deeper than 15 feet a lot of times we're in that 8 to 12 foot range and we're catching walleyes that are you know 15 to 18 inches and mm-hmm. perfect you know perfect for the frying pan sure so that's uh that's your that's your walleye experience of the year let's talk a little bit of bass fishing um overall how was bass fishing this year and, and how's it been lately uh bass fishing was good i i would have to say that it was a great summer of, of bass fishing um you know, if we go way back to spring, we definitely had that late spring and, and, uh, things were kind of slow to go, but, um, it seems like the bass adapt quickly and, and as soon as you get some warm days, they move, you know, the largemouth move into those, those, uh, bays and, and they definitely did that. It was just a little bit later than normal and, you know, the, the spawn was later and so everything got moved back. Um, and I would say that, you know, fishing was good, but we definitely had to uh, look at things a little differently. And um, everything was just a little bit behind, uh, and maybe two or three weeks behind uh, what I would say is a normal a normal summer. Um, you know, I spent, spent time up on Rainy Lake, and there's a kind of a lake where you can really see differences from year to year in the stage of the fishing. And, and we found this year that things up there were even more delayed. Um, part of it might have been because they had flood conditions for the first half of the summer. Their water levels were up about seven feet above normal, and and that might have messed with the spawn for the smallmouth. I don't know if they were, you know, confused and, and trying to figure out how to spawn, you know, in their normal areas. But if they were spawning at the normal times, they were probably doing it up in the woods because it was the water was way back into the timber and. Mm. Um, I didn't get up there till it had come down quite a bit, but you could see the the marks, you know, the water marks mm-hmm. on the trees um, way back up, you know, off the shoreline. Um, so that might have changed things. But we found that when we were fishing and getting ready for a couple tournaments, that the fish were not out, you know, in August when we were pre-fishing for, for example, the International Falls Tournament. Um, we were not finding numbers of fish out in deeper water where we had in other years, at, you know, on the same dates, we had, you know, those fish weren't out there yet. They were still lingering around the shorelines, and, and we had to go shallow to to get much of a bite. 
Well, it was a, a pretty good year uh, tournament-wise for the Peterson clan. Um, the, the Petersons were near the top of uh, most tournaments that I'm aware of this year. Yeah, it was a it was a good year. Um, you know, the boys actually uh, had the the biggest story with the Jason Charlie winning the Knights of Columbus Walleye Tournament. Um, and I kind of kid those guys that maybe that's their maybe they need to get out of that bass fishing. <laughs> and start doing that. I mean, they've only fished a few walleye tournaments. They're doing pretty well, but uh, but no, it was all bass after that. And and uh, we did have we did have some good uh, success. Um, Fishing, uh, Jason and I won a tournament on Leech Lake, uh, a Minnesota Bass Series tournament on Leech Lake in July, and that was uh, unique in that it was the first time I've ever weighed a smallmouth in in a bass tournament on Leech Lake, partly because they haven't allowed us to weigh them in. They've kind of been protecting that resource, especially early in the year, and and not permitting, you know, not allowing smallmouth on the on the tournament permits. But now they're they're starting to do that, and especially later in the year. Well, this one fell in July, and, and uh, smallmouth were fair game. And we knew um, that if you didn't have smallmouth, you probably didn't have a chance to win. So we devoted 100% of our time to you know, figuring them out, and, and we did, um, and it was a blast. Uh, very unique, um, again, because I haven't done it you know, much on leech, but you know, our friends that fish walleyes down there and, and some of our friends that, that fish bass have been uh, – you know, catching them and, and raving about the size of them. And and uh, so we targeted those, and, and it worked out for us. Um, you know, I think like our second fish we caught that day was over five and a quarter pounds, you know, and you're just hard to compete with fish that size uh, uh, if you target largemouth. And, and uh, we ended up with, I think, a little over 21 pounds for five for five smallmouth. Um, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad sad day for for the petersons in that it's kind of the end of an era i think as far as tournament fishing on leech lake in that i don't think you're going to be able to win tournaments anymore uh with largemouth on leech lake it's pretty obvious that um someone's gonna find those smallmouth and they're gonna take you know they're gonna take the top prize and i think it's going to be hard to in in short order here it's going to be hard to even cash check probably um and the sad part is we cut our teeth really largemouth fishing on, on Leech Lake. Uh, my dad and, and, and my uncle, John, they, that's where they learned to fish bass shallow. They built products to, to catch bass on Leech Lake. The, the jawbreaker spoon that Northland, you know, developed 40, 40 some years ago was specifically developed for catching largemouth, you know, out of the, the lily pads and the wild rice on Leech. And we probably won't be doing that much anymore. On tournament day, we still mm-hmm. do it for fun, but um, you know the smallmouth are going to outweigh the largies. So we've got a lot of history there fishing largemouth, and we're we're going to have to kind of start over and and uh, learn these smallmouth, and and we've got to start on it. But uh, there's there's lots to learn, and the lake is so big, and it actually has a lot more smallmouth habitat than it does largemouth habitat, um, with all of its you know sand and rock and gravel flats and breaks and so um it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there i think uh we could be looking at another malax um in the in the near future it, it could be a few more years but we found that there's lots of little ones and so there's there's lots coming and uh they're everywhere they're not just in a few spots on the lake so it's going to be fun to see what develops there over the next five to ten years Travis Peterson is my guest today. We got a ton more to hear from Travis next.
I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bumaji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Hey, I'm Jason Rylander, the Jason Beckin girl beard like a grown-up, and this is Paul Bunyan Country. Travis Peterson is my guest today. He's part of the Northland Fishing Tackle Pro Team, and of course, uh, a long-time angler in Paul Bunyan Country. I've never heard the definitive story on how we got smallmouth. I know there's a lot of theories out there, but they're here, and they're taken to our waters in basically virtually any lake uh, that has bass in it now has smallmouth in it, too. Yeah, you're exactly right, and that's something that uh, I mean. When, like I say, when we said uh, when I say we cut our teeth fishing bass on Leech Lake, there were no smallmouth in Leech Lake. Right. Yeah. Again, that was 40 years ago, but um, you know, and now there's now there's enough fish there to you, you can't compete with largemouth if you're going to fish competitively. And the walleye guys are running into them and they're eating their their red tails and they're they're cursing them a little bit because they're eating their red tails <laughs> with an awful lot of money when they're trying to catch walleyes. But um, you're right, and there's there's other examples of it. Uh, Jason and I fished a tournament on the horseshoe chain down at uh, down by Ricori, uh, by Richmond, Minnesota, and uh, that's a lake that we're not we don't have a lot of experience on. But we had never caught a smallmouth there before. We've we've done well in in tournaments there before with largemouth, and uh, Jason actually went down there and did did the bulk of our pre-fishing, and he found some smallmouth, and we ended up weighing in the only smallmouth limit I think of the tournament. Um, and we finished. I think I think we were sixth out of like forty teams or fifty teams. But um, so it's becoming. You know, the whitefish chain is another example. And, and Jason, I fished a tournament there, and we missed. We totally missed those smallmouth. I hadn't been on that lake in like fifteen years, and Jace hadn't been on there. And you know, I was excited to actually introduce him to whitefish, and we got our butts kicked um, <laughs> because we didn't find the smallmouth, and we knew it. We knew it, but we just didn't. We didn't figure him out. And, and uh we've been watching the results of tournaments down there and and the smallmouth have been taking the you know taking the money at least early in the year um down there so things have changed um but we still we still like to fish both species and um but to compete you got to you got to find the one that is going to you know weigh up better and um yeah it was a good tournament season um back to that we we had two real good events up on rainy lake i fished the fort francis tournament um Canadian Bass Championship with uh, Jace, and we had been away from that for we missed two years because of mm-hmm. COVID. You know, not being able to get in, uh, they didn't have the tournament. I think uh, two years ago, and then last year they had it, but they they only had Canadian contestants because the Americans couldn't get in. Um, so we were we were happy to be back there, and uh, about a hundred boats in that event. A lot of people that we hadn't seen in a couple years. You know, one thing about these tournaments is we. We make a lot of friends while we're there, and, and there are people that we don't see, though, outside of that tournament week, um, some of our Canadian buddies and, and just uh, other people that um, kind of congregate there for the, for the week. And it's, it's competition, but it's also pretty friendly, and, and it's fun to see some of those people again. But we had a good tournament there. We, uh, we finished third. Um, 
going into the it's a three-day event and uh my uncle john fishes as well and fishes with jeff gustafson and we stay together and, and work together you know during our pre-fishing and try to try to figure out a strategy and and we had it figured out pretty well we were in they were in first going into going into day three and, and jason and i were in second and uh we we both stumbled a little bit that last day and, and just left the door open enough for the team that I think was in third to, to leapfrog both of us, and mm. so we both slipped there. But that was fun, um, shallow bite, catching a lot of fish on topwater baits and, and uh, fast-moving baits, covering a lot of water, um, spinner baits and chatter baits and things like that. And then uh, my brother Craig and I had a good tournament in the International Falls Bass Championship, which was in August, and that's one that we've fished, I think, for, I think they've had it for 18 years now or... Um, and we haven't missed a year. Um, you know, they, they had to take a break also from, you know, during COVID, but, uh, we've never missed the event. I, I haven't. And I've, I've won the event with Jace. Um, and I've been second, like, I think three times with different partners, including my brother. Um, Craig has fished it with me. He's fished it with our friend Scott Anderson from Bemidji here. He's fished it with my uncle John. And he is placed in every place in the top ten except for first. Mm. So the goal is to get a get him a a win because uh, Jason and I have both won it. My dad and my uncle have both won it. Um, but we need to get Craig in there. And, and we thought this was going to be our year because we were setting really good after day two, or it's a two day tournament after day one, and then day. Three, two we were really struggling and then at about one o'clock in the afternoon we had a flurry that we thought it was going to happen you know we caught a couple giants and and uh it looked like things were going to go our way and we, then it tapered off a little bit we didn't we didn't finish uh we, we had almost 20 pounds that last day but wow. it just we just put ourselves a little bit too far behind after the first day and ended up third so uh i've been third the last three events that i fished on rainy lake and I uh, can't complain. It's it's uh, it's really hard to win. Um, you got to keep putting yourself there, but it's really hard to win. Everything's got to go just right, and and uh, you can't you can't lose too many fish and have too many um, mistakes, you know, during the tournament to to actually win. But you got to keep putting yourself there, and and when things all align, then then it's your day. But uh, we'll keep we'll keep trying on that one. <laughs> When you uh, when you're fishing up there, the, obviously in the Fort Francis tournament, you're allowed to fish on the Canadian side. Is it just uh, that it's someplace different, gives you more water to fish, or is it actually preferable to fish on the Canadian side? The Canadian side tends to be, you know, it's, it's bigger for one thing. It's the Canadian side of Rainy Lake is bigger. Um, it's got the north arm of Rainy Lake is is 100 percent in Canada. Um, and you've got some other big bays that are, you know, in Canada. It just gives you a lot more room to fish. So there's definitely more fish in Canada just because there's more water. Um, and I would say that the fishing is, on average, a little better on the Canadian side. Uh, partly, I, 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 I think partly is because it's the north side of the body of water in general. And and uh, the north side of, I think, most bodies of water tend to be the better bass sides of the body of water um mm-hmm. it just has the south you know it has that south facing uh shorelines that, that warm up faster in the spring and those bass just congregate or you know they're like a magnet to those 
south-facing shorelines. And uh, I think that's part of it up there, you know, as big of a body of water as it is. Um, you know, I, I still think that's part of it. And and you tend to have more fertile shorelines, you know, on those north 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 or those north shorelines facing the south. They just get more sun and and uh, warm up. And I think that's part of it. Um, but in the you know in the I Falls tournament, we're allowed to fish some Canadian water, but not not most of it. We can. The rule is you can fish Canadian water, but you can't go under a bridge. So that takes out the whole north arm, which you have to go under the the causeway to get, you know, into the north arm. And then there's some other bays, like Red Gut Bay is, um, there's a there's a bridge at Bears Pass, so you can't go through that. That takes out Red Gut Bay, which is huge. Um, so we, you know, we fish both sides during the I-Falls tournament, and we've, we've done well on both sides of the border there. Um but I would say most guys are probably fishing the Canadian water. How is the bass bite right now, and what should we be doing? The bass bite is good. It's going to be good. I think it's only going to get better. Um, right now, in fall, you know, when the water starts to cool, uh, the bass fishing only gets better, and it's really pretty good right till ice up. And this is a time of year when the, I like to go big um, with my with my litter presentations. You know, the, the fish are foraging heavily because winter's coming and, you know, they'll eat through the winter, but they'll, they'll cut down on the size of their meals. <laughs> but right now they're going to eat the biggest meals of the year. Um, for one thing, the, the forage is, those fish have matured, so they're bigger. And then the forage is matured, which is bigger. And they're, they're putting on, you know, they're, they're, I guess they're taking the Big Mac instead of the, you know, the junior cheeseburger right now. They're, <laughs> they're definitely, um, and they're, they're feeding more, you know, they're feeding more often as well. I mean, they're, they're putting on the feed bag. So I'm going to go with, you know, bigger presentations and, and, uh, as far as location, um, as this water cools, you know, that, that shallow, shallow warm water goes away. Um, that was a magnet for those bass you know, right away in the spring and, and drew them in there and held them in there for a lot of the summer in, in a lot of our lakes. Um, and some of those lakes are, some of, some of our lakes are kind of shallow water bass lakes and others have a better deep bite. But on those lakes that, you know, the listeners know of that are kind of your shallow water lakes like Cass Lake, um, for example, most of the bass that are caught in Cass Lake throughout the summer are caught real shallow. Um, in lakes like that where that shallow that warm water kind of starts to disappear starts to mix you know with the rest of the lake and there's not a big difference those fish will start to pull out but they'll still be in the emergent vegetation they'll just be on the the deepest outermost vegetation that is emergent so instead of being maybe in a shallow lily pad bay they're going to migrate out to the outside edge of those lily pads or they're going to come out to the edge of those lily pads and they're going to move down the lake until they find a little point of bulrushes and they're going to congregate in that little point of bulrushes because it's it's close to deep water. Um, there's going to be you know bluegills still abundant in those areas and crayfish to to feed on. So it actually you know in 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 effect it it congregates those fish and makes them a little bit easier to target. You don't have to go way back in to get them it kind of pulls them out to the edges and uh that's what i would target um if i was on those shallow those shallow bass type lakes and i would throw a 
you know, a, a bigger bait, like a, a jungle jig, I'd, I'd move it through there. I'd, I'd swim it actually with a pretty good sized piece of plastic on it. Um, casting through those, those bull rushes and, and retrieving it. Um, spinner baits are good in the fall. And then moving out onto, you know, probably more so on lakes that have a, you know, a deep population of bass. Uh, those fish are also going to congregate on edges and they're going to congregate as the weeds, um, as the water cools, the, the best weed clumps are going to kind of shrink and, um, the best weed clumps are going to be a little fewer in number. And you want to, you still want to find those greenest, those greenest weeds. And, um, an example of, of that is, you know, in lakes that have milfoil, the milfoil will start to die before some of the other vegetation types. And cabbage is one that stays green and coontail weeds stay green a lot later than milfoil. And milfoil is a magnet for bass, but there comes a point about now where milfoil starts to kind of not be a factor anymore and those fish migrate into some of those weed types that stay greener so i would look for the green cabbage and uh the green the green coontail and up on the flats um the cabbage flats and 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 where there's some shallow coontail i'd be throwing big baits like spinner baits um covering water across those flats and those fish are going to be pretty aggressive and and show themselves another good bait in the fall is a um you know go back to like a square bill crankbait a, a but a bulky one a bigger one so um i would use like a bagley b2 which is a, a little bit larger crankbait and throw that up on the flats and then when i get off the edge then i go to a diving b2 which is again a bulkier crankbait but it's it's got a, a deeper lip and and you can get down to some of those um those deeper green coontail patches that'd be my plan um it will be my plan i guess uh the next few weeks here as as uh the water cools down and I really look for a good fall. Travis Peterson, my guest today. We'll wrap it up with Crab next. Hi, this is Chuck Hassey on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Wrapping it up with Travis Peterson. Your pops told me he's pretty much done with bass fishing. He's mainly walleye fishing now. It doesn't sound like that's the case with you. Uh, what about the rest of the Peterson clan? You know, we'll, we'll definitely dabble with the walleye a little bit. We, if, the, the fall walleye fishing gets really good. Oh yeah, we like to we like to fish them when they when they congregate. You know, on those edges, and and uh, you can get out there on on Lake Bemidji or or Leech or Winnie or Cass and and catch them on a jig and minnow and. We like to, you know, we like to take, you know, family and friends out walleye fishing and, and get a few for the pan and have a fish fry. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely target the walleyes a little bit, but there's still so much good bass fishing to do. And, um, we just, uh, and we have so many, so many lakes to hit that, you know, I, I get nervous this time of year. Uh, our whole family does when, you know, fall hits and, and, uh, you know, school starts again and, the days get shorter and other activities start coming into play like hunting 
we get nervous about all the lakes that we didn't get to yet <laughs> this summer or this season, you know, and you can never get them all. You can never get them all. There's still, there's still lots of lakes within 25 miles of Bemidji that people tell me, you know, they have, they always catch bass there and I have not been to those lakes yet. And I, you know, so I still have a long list of, of lakes I need to get to and I have my favorites and I can't even get to all those in a, you know, in a season. So I get a little nervous. So I, I still have some work to do here in the next few weeks. I know you guys do some hunting, but but you're mainly a fishing family, of course. Um, but this this gets tough for for guys who you know have uh, are in school or have kids in school, and they're involved in sports, and so there's that. Plus, they have to determine, uh, you know, maybe they want, you know, do I want to go deer, or do I want to go archery hunting? Do I want to go duck hunting? Do I want to go fishing? Do I want to do fall turkey hunting? There's too many choices, man. Right, right. And then the Vikings <laughs> win their first game. Right. Kind of, kind of drawn me back to that, too. So Monday <laughs> yeah. afternoons, I'm like, I should be fishing or hunting, or do I give them one more week of my time? Um, no, that's a dilemma, and we're, we're really into our hunting, too. We, uh, Jason and I have actually already made a hunting trip to, to the Badlands, uh, hunted mule deer once already. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, an, ar- an archery trip, and... And that was real fun, and and I'd never done that before. It was so fun. We're gonna well, we're gonna go back. We haven't uh, we didn't fill our tags, but we had some really good uh, really good hunting out there, and um, so that's gonna probably take another weekend of of our fall. But but we'll uh, we'll do some bow hunting around here, and and uh, we do a little grouse hunting. But we we'll definitely have some bass fishing yet to do, and and we'll also catch a few walleyes, and we'll get a few crappies in as well because that uh, that usually that bite usually picks up too in the fall. Absolutely. Well, listen, before we wrap it up, are you ready for another Fast Five? Oh, sure. All right, here we go. What's up? Fast Five. Question number one. I mean, I know the answer to this one, but we might as well make it official. Uh, what's your favorite sport besides fishing or hunting? Definitely basketball. Yes. yes um, I, I love baseball. I love football. But uh, basketball is definitely number one. Um, and I, I really like high school and college basketball uh not you know much more than much more than professional basketball and i would say that's true of all sports yeah so what is it about basketball that that, that is such a draw for you i guess i i uh grew up playing it um had just a lot of fun playing it and i i think the 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 strategies that you know are involved in a in a team sport are are pretty cool um I don't know. I just it's always been in my blood. Yeah, it's been in my blood since I was a young kid, um, and just uh, something that never I never grew tired of, and, and had a lot of fun with. A lot of good memories, uh, you know, of, of basketball. And I think uh, I think part of it is you know my kids, my kids all were interested in it as well. So that kind of kept me interested in it, you know, sure. at the same time. Um, it's just uh, it's, it's been a good good pastime, and I think uh, another reason might be that it's a winter sport and it doesn't interfere with hunting and fishing <laughs> <laughs> question number two uh we know you love to catch bass so, but all things being equal what's your favorite way to catch bass uh, my favorite way to catch bass unquestionably is on a hollow bodied topwater frog in what we call the slop, you know, the, the lily pads and the and the wild rice and the junk weed uh, with 65-pound braided line and a 
seven and a half foot rod and my drag cranked all the way down. Um, Northland just came out with the new Reed Runner frogs and they're they're the best out there. We've used them all and they're there's there's none better. Um, but so we're really excited about that because we've been buying frogs from other companies for years and we literally go through dozens of them every summer and uh, now we now we're producing them so um, that's definitely my favorite and I like it when they explode on that you know 30 yards from the boat and it's a tug of war to get them in okay question number three totally off the sports realm but Janet's going to listen to this closely Uh-oh. I have a feeling oh who was your high school celebrity crush oh boy that's easy that's easy Kev I don't know her real name, but it's Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke. Catherine Buck. There you go. There you go. I didn't know. It's Daisy Duke. Daisy Duke. Okay. What? That wasn't even hard, huh? No. Not <laughs> I've lost a lot of dudes to have. <laughs> did Janet already know that? Uh, I don't know if she did, but we only had three channels, and that was, you know, that was one of the, one of the shows that, you know, someone my age was interested in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, question number four, and I think I know the answer to this one, too, just based on what you like to fish for. Hard water or soft water? Soft water all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like ice fishing, but not nowhere near soft water. Part of it, I think, is just the mobility issue of fishing on the ice. I mean, we're a lot better at it now than we, we ever have been with, you know, electronics and augers and, you know, ATVs, but... Um, you know, the luxury of being able to move around in a boat and, and cover water is uh, definitely, definitely soft water. All right. Finally, question number five, ACDC or Alabama? Alabama. Alabama. I was not much of a uh, rocker, um, and I'm still not. Um, but ACDC, as far as rock goes, would be would probably be one of the better. Uh, that, that, that's that's right up there as far as rock goes. But, okay. but I'm a country guy. Yeah, I'm not uh, much of a rocker. Oh, so you must just love those warm-up uh, mixes that the basketball team had then. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even I can't even understand the words, Kev. Oh, I can't um, either. <laughs> you know, I, it's gone from, uh, and that's, that's beyond rock even. I don't know what that is, uh, some of that stuff. But, but it's, it's, fun, it's funny when... We try to tell the kids sometimes that, hey, you know, some of the old classics would be a lot more interesting to the spectators, and they're, you know, they don't understand that, and then sometimes we can get them to play a classic, and and you can see the, you know, the middle-aged, or a little more than middle-aged crowd actually singing along, and um, then the light bulb goes off, and they're like, oh, all right, there's a fan, fan favorite. That's right. But... Yeah, definitely, definitely a country kid myself. Well, I, I'm not, you know, I used to like loud music, but, you know, I'm a cranky old man now, so not so much. Yeah, I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> yeah, we get in the car and family trip or something and listening to the radio, and we're constantly fighting over the volume, you know. And I just have given up on what type of music we're going to listen to. It's just the volume is the one that I want to have a hand on. <laughs> Well, Travis, anything else we should know before we wrap it up? I don't think so, Kev. Uh, it's been uh, been a fun season. Uh, it's always um, 
it's always kind of sad to see the the leaves start to turn color, but I do love the seasons, and, and there's still a lot of good fishing to be done and, and uh, hunting as well. And uh, just good luck to everybody out there. Be safe as the water temperature is cool, and, and uh, have fun in the, on the water and in the woods. Travis Peterson, uh, Northland Fishing Tackle Pro Staff, and of course uh, part of the legendary Peterson Fishing and Basketball Clan of Northern Minnesota. Travis, always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Not a bad way to wrap up another season of Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. For those of you listening on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, you know that starting Thursday, 1 o'clock after high noon, we'll be kicking off Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, our weekly one-hour outdoor show. And that will uh, repeat Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. after the fan outdoors. For those of you listening on KB101, if you want to keep listening to outdoor programming, that's where you go, KBUN Sports Radio 104.5. And we'll still have the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast going a few times a week as well. Thanks to everybody who was on the show this year for making it such a great season. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen. And we will do it again next year. Again, we're not done talking outdoors, but it sounded just once a week. For an hour on Thursdays and Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5. In the meantime, good luck fishing. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. Sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria.